Great musician, Vusima Sela, absolutely great song as well to get us uh, jiving as we're speaking African farming development. Yeah, stop crying, Africa. That's what the song was saying because things are going to get better. We are joined by Dr. Brylin Chitsunge, who's a Pan-African Parliament's food security ambassador and a farmer. Now, the South Korean embassy yesterday donated equipment to Bootle, which is a non-profit organization that raises funds to establish smallholder farmers through training and support. Students who go through this program are also able to supply big supermarket chains with their crops. And I'm glad that we are speaking to Dr. Chisunge about this because uh, Dr. Chisunge is also a farmer. Good morning and welcome to The Talking Point. Good morning, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I think this is a very uh, generous donation by the South Korean Embassy um, towards uh, farming and uh, establishing smallholder farmers in South Africa. What are your thoughts? Well, um, to start off with, I think that was really, really uh, something that I've been advocating for, that we need these kind of like partnerships or collaborations, whatever you may want to call it, for us to advance the issues of food security or food sovereignty on the continent generally. So I think um, on that note, I just want to extend my gratitude as well once more to the Korean embassy for uh, the government, rather, for this generous donation, which will no doubt go a very long way in um, assisting the academy. Now, you are one that looks at food security. And when we think agriculture, we think food security. Um, how, how important it is, is it for us as South Africans to engage more on agriculture to ensure that there's food security in uh, Africa? It is actually more so, more very important now. Um, as we all know, uh, this global pandemic, the COVID, which has really like uh, hit the whole entire globe at large. So poverty has always been number one enemy for all of us. But now with the COVID coming, um, partnering with this number one poverty enemy of ours, it's not doing us any favor at all. So we have to really scale up. We're already behind with everything. But now it's actually more important to take agriculture seriously. To start off with, I think even the numbers of bits we're getting, they would be greatly reduced in my view if micronutrients had been incorporated into the diet. And the way to incorporate those if we don't farm and get the right food to give to people, then obviously we're going to have a lot of challenges. So I think it has actually also contributed to the um, people's health issues. If we can scale up on that, that would actually help and benefit. And I'm calling on the government to actually prioritize agriculture. There are lots of jobs that have been lost in other sectors. And agriculture can... Um, can absorb a lot of those job losses and uh, create employment for people, most so importantly, the young ones. But I think let's talk about how is it going to be done. Definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. So investing in the youngsters. So yesterday's event was very important for me because I had hosted the Department of Basic Education on uh, my farm. And we're talking, and I've been talking about this for the longest of times, to say let's start investing in the little ones, like our five-year-olds, so that they can grow up knowing that there's need for us to adapt smart ways of farming and that the world needs to be fed and that the numbers are growing, the population is growing, and the land is not growing at all. But the important thing here, without education, then 
we're not really uh, addressing these issues issues at all because I've tried actually teaching adults, grown-ups, but it's not working. So the only way to do it is to get it into the classroom, bring it as part of the curriculum, get the little ones to understand, and also just dispel the misconceptions in their little heads that farming is fun, it's exciting, and you can make a business out of it. You don't necessarily have to be on the land, the hard manual labor, but you can also do logistics, you can do the branding, you can do you can be the soil analyst, you can do meteorology reports that we need, which all forms part of the whole success. So things have to be done differently. Grabbing land and doing all that without the skills is a waste of time. So I would urge anyone who thinks of grabbing land to grab the skills first. And that's what is what will make a success out of it. Well, I think it's very pertinent that you are engaging at uh, the grassroots levels um, when it comes to agriculture and ensuring that people are, are conscientized about the importance of agriculture to us and also the, the, the importance of teaching young people from grassroots levels that agriculture is, is, is the way to go. But we can't ignore, uh, you know, the, the issue of um, uh, global warming and climate change, Dr. Chisung. So I agree. So, so how do we address global warming and maybe find ways to mitigate it or even utilize technology to change the methods of agriculture? Absolutely. You're saying exactly what I'm addressing. The only way to address these issues is to, with, our, with the discussion, with that conversation with about global warming, climate change, unvariable changes and everything, it's with the, into the classroom. We need to get it into the classroom. If we don't get it into the classroom to understand that now we need to adapt smart ways, new smart ways of farming, we need to incorporate disease-resistant seeds and so forth. But we need the little ones to be enlightened by all those. So let's equip them early. We're setting these visions 2063, 2030, zero hunger. But if you think about it, in 2063, these little ones will be the ones who will be our age group now. So let them, we're all in this situation because the past never prepared us. So why are we not preparing the little ones so that they can address all those issues, bring biotechnology, climate change, global warming, everything. I was on the platform on COP17 in Durban, the Conference of Parties, and it's been the same talk day after day. We're talking about deforestation, we're talking about this, we're talking about carbon emissions, we're talking about all that, all these big names. But they're useless if we don't get people educated. So invest also in adult education, that'll help. And interestingly enough, I was actually talking yesterday as well to His Royal Highness, one of the Nkosi uh, was present at the function. And I was actually saying to him, they've become so political now. They're the custodians of the land. And they were used in the past as hubs where people could exchange information and so forth. But that's all gone. So I think it's time that also that goes back to them and they should play their role to feed their people, their communities. And we will soon start to see uh, this rural urban migration drift of the youngsters, leaving the old aging population in the rural poor is also not helping us. So what is it that they are coming to the city for? So why don't we now start putting the nightclubs, the football grounds and everything back into the communities so that the kids can stay there, let it be exciting for them and let's educate them. That's more important than anything else. And if we educate the little ones, in turn, they will also educate the adults.
in terms of all these things that we're talking about. We can't start talking to the Mangogos about biotechnology, about climate change. To them, what does it mean? Remember with our Mangogos, they know that the first drop of rain means start preparing your seeds. The second drop, get ready. The third rains, then start putting your plant into the, your seed into the ground. But it hasn't been the case now. You put it, it floods. You put it, the rain stops. Mm. So we need the meteorologists. Yeah. When I bought my farm, the first thing I did was a mapping exercise. So I went back 30, 40 years of the rainfall. So I know the kind of pattern, how the rain falls and everything. But we need someone who's got to be trained in that field to be able to do it. So there is a wide scope. The value chain for agriculture is quite big. But what we need to do is continuously support and continuously engage our communities around um, uh, the importance of agriculture and farming. I'm going to open up the lines. Please do send those voice notes to 0614-104-107. We have uh, Dr. Brylin Chisunge, who is a farmer. She's also the Pan-African Parliament's Food Security Ambassador. Great things are happening, especially when you have such leaders in the forefront. You can uh, send SMSs to 41391 or call in on 011-714-2006. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Morning, Patricia. Um, I understand your guest sentiment, but if you provide ancillary services to a specific um industry does not mean you're part of that industry truckers who serve the mining community are not into mining they're into transport same thing would go for um for agriculture and i don't think she should conflate the two opportunities open themselves up in lots of places and i'm glad she's teaching kids that well, that's compliments uh, to you, uh, Dr. Chisang, um, saying, yeah, you're doing very, very well. And it's one thing that is um, much appreciated by us South Africans. So how better um, can we make sure that, how best, in fact, can we make sure that this information reaches everyone within the continent? I'm glad you're saying that. You, uh, thank you so much for the compliments. The best way, again, I keep taking it back to the classroom. And also, importantly, on that note, uh, on, on the continent, we don't really have agricultural journalism as, a, as, as a, a priority. So you find even yesterday, there was quite a lot of media houses invited. But because they're not trained to report in agriculture, so they don't know how to report on agricultural matters. So... What we also need to do is to focus on that and then get a channel, which we're also working on, to see if we can establish a grow channel. On that channel, then we can start the talk of agricultural value chains, which has become very important in determining countries' trade competitiveness in a globalized world. So then from production to consumption through processing and commercialization, again, Without the necessary platforms, we can't do it. That's why we're pushing now for collaborations. So like what we can see with what the Korean government did yesterday, we can see where we've got gaps and where they can come on board, where we can now try and see if we can take our farmers to Korea. We know the history of Korea, that they had nothing. And if we see now, look at the kind of implements and um, and uh, uh, the factories that they've established in Korea. So 
we need to organize ourselves and manage ourselves. And that's all. And I've always said we are victims of our own success on the continent because we're not organized. But if we start organizing ourselves, collaborating, partnerships and educating ourselves, that's the only thing that's going to work. It's one thing saying we've got extension offices and they don't exist. I've been farming now for 11 years. I've never seen a single extension officer or even seen an extension office. Nowhere at all. I've had to rely on like talking to other farmers and getting taught how to drive a tractor and all that. So there's really like no support at all. So for us to start scaling up and getting it out is through your platform, the media. We need you more than ever to get these messages across to say, we are in trouble. The world needs to be fed. I was in pick and pay the other day. I was shocked to find chicken feet costing 46 rands for a kg of chicken feet. Something so basic. We know food is a basic human right. But if we don't all get hands on deck right now and be serious about it, then we're not going anywhere. We're just wasting our time. There's so much land now lying fallow, which is most unfortunate. Land has been given to people, but they've not been given the right education, the right information. Hence now the academy that we want to promote and get it to a level where it's internationally recognized and it can be used as an entry point for a degree course at a university. So we're also looking at universities. I've been to Northwest and they're doing amazing stuff. So we really need to start working all of us together and teach ourselves and the children the importance of um, of food security. Let me go to the lines. I've got Ntlantlangidi, who's uh, calling from Kambatini. Good morning, Ntlant. Yes, uh, good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. All right, good. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a, a very important uh, topic that you're touching on. Uh, more especially coming from the rural areas. Uh, we know the impact uh, agriculture played uh, when we grew up. Like uh, your guest said, the land is more more specifically now. It's mostly lying fallow. Even the land that was used, for some reason, it's it's not being used now. Uh, but uh, uh, taking from experience, we have seen that you know people are getting um, you know they're, um, they're getting more fed up because there's no support, uh, even when it comes to seeds. You know, simple things as seeds. You know, seeds, people used to keep the seeds and all that, but now, I mean, with the environment changing and all that, I mean, uh, and uh, people work hard, and then at the end of the day, I mean, uh, what they reap from the land is not as uh, much as it used to be before. Because we, we, we know you, people used to work the land, but, yeah, we, we need government support here. Not, not, not just support in terms of financial in terms of skills, uh, like uh, your guest just said, uh, just mentioned, in terms of skills, uh, we used to have in the in the like I said, I'm from the rural area of Mkambatini in uh, in in Guazul. Uh, we used to have the what you call the government advisors, agricultural advisors, we're advising people free, being paid by the government. I don't know what happened with that. Uh, seemingly, that is gone. And people are just, uh, I mean, finding their own way. And, uh, yeah, it's not working. I think it goes back to the government. Mm. It's not just financial mm. support. The government must support people. Thank you very much, Ntlantla. I heard you loud and clearly. Let me go to OJ, who's in Itzoseng. Good morning, OJ. Hello, good morning. Uh, good morning. Without uh, wasting uh, other listeners' time, mine is uh, regarding funding, funding and, and, and cooperatives. 
the government can just stop uh, uh, funding cooperatives only and and fund individual farmers as well because cooperatives are failing they collapse along the way that is my comment and thank you for your time thank you very much oj uh because of time i'll quickly read this uh, question to you from donald and rustenberg who says good morning uh, patricia and dr chisunge do they also um, support upcoming young farmers in the region by linking them to agricultural institutions? Doc? Um, thank you so much. I was listening, I'll start with what Hansel was saying, that you mentioned about government agriculture advisors. I agree with him 100%, and I'm your food security ambassador. I'm not government. I'm not I'm a person who's got a stomach, and I'm a bridge between yourselves and the government. So I trust that I'll take all this information back again to the government in this the discussion I've been having. And I have said government has failed to prioritize policy and legal changes, financial support and institutional innovations that would turn small-scale farming systems into a commercially viable livelihood in the longer term. Instead, you know what has happened? They've assumed that agricultural growth in favorable areas will be sufficient to generate more employment in agriculture and produce more food, which will compensate for the lack of progress made in disadvantaged areas and by marginalized farmers. So the small-scale farmer will remain marginalized. And talking about land, there's no financial institution that is prepared to give collateral to someone who doesn't have a title deed. So government has failed, and I'll call upon on government once again to say this they have to take it seriously, and everything's collapsing, like Oja has said, that funding, um, funding the cooperatives. But it's not even working, and even the individuals that are being funded, if there is no support in that education, the skills that we're talking about, we're not going anywhere. The farmer has to be told that there's climate change, we need more seeds, the support, the willpower is there. And I'm beginning to see a shift in the young generation, which is very, very important. But now we're getting other foreign governments coming on board. Should we seize, should we not be smart enough to actually grab the opportunity and say, let's go along with them, let's, let's just organize ourselves. The government needs to create a hub, a hub which is facilitators that can explore the plethora of policy and financial instruments, thereby getting it to the rural setting where it's best needed. And this hub must be apolitical. Regardless of who comes in, what administration comes in, this must be now set in the agricultural sector, but it's independent of politics, so that at least we can begin to see a change. Doc, just quickly, because of time we need to go, um, the question around you uh, being able to support young upcoming farmers in the region um, by linking them to agricultural institutions, are you able to do that? My role is to create linkages. That's my role as the food security ambassador for the continent, for Africa. So my role is to create those linkages and synergies, to create a platform to say, like now the Korean government said, they would love to take some farmers from here today. But if we don't have an organized platform where we can say, how do we establish that? How are we going to do it? So it's something that I'm calling on the government that they, I hope they're listening into this, that this has to be done and it's now a priority. We cannot sit back All right. and so, just watch the country go into disarray. How do people get in touch with you in your role and capacity? Oh, they can get in touch with me. Um, on, uh, I can give you a number where they can get in touch go with ahead. me and also send uh, 067 mm-hmm. 966 
I repeat the number again, 067-966-6280. So they can get in touch with me and perhaps we can create a platform. And I'm also calling on you, the media as well, to assist us in organizing ourselves and putting a platform together so that we can actually start um, mapping the way forward and see how we can all help each other. But they're more than welcome to come and we can leverage on the platforms like the academy as well, like Bushe, the Bushe Farming Academy. Thank you so very much for joining us, uh, Dr. Brylin Chisungu. And uh, thank you for the donation. I hear that you donated 10 kettle to the Bushe Farming Academy yesterday. Well done for that. Looking forward to more engagements with you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the listeners and let's collaborate and move this uh, uh, issue together. Thank you very much. It's uh, two minutes after 12, so we've eaten a bit of Sakina's time. Sorry, Sakina, but it's been great being with you. Um, I'm sure you'll enjoy um, uh, Update at Noon with Sakina Kamwendo. May goodness and grace lead you all to the great heights of success.